Good evening, Patriots. And it's Tuesday, November 29th on the West Coast and on the East Coast. You just hit Wednesday. A big storm coming into Oregon, apparently, Wednesday tomorrow evening. And I'm going to be traveling south tomorrow down to Yuba City to link up with Glad Tidings Church for a few days. I'll be broadcasting from there. Duncan will be covering Thursday and Friday Bended Knee, just so you know. But all the other shows will be going as normal. It's good. And I think there are going to be some really good shows. We've got um, Thursday night, we've got Coey Griffin coming on. He's the founder of Cowboys for Trump. Great interview. He was also detained in the January 6th D.C. Gulag. He's got some interesting insights on that. And on Friday night, we have Pastor John Benzinger, which I'm looking forward to, which will be a really nice interview. It's been a while since we, almost a year, a little over a year since we've had him on. So that's really a good, uh, should be a really good show. Looking forward to it. We have a few things to go over tonight. And we also tonight, after a couple advertisements, we're going to, once we get into the show, we're going to play Brian Kahenick's new song, Brian and Jill. They just did a, they just released a new soundtrack, which is our new, new piece. It's really, really awesome. I think you'll be very moved by it. It's, um, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Beautifully done. I think it's probably one of Brian's best pieces. And I would, I'm going to put the link up um, for everybody to kind of go check out. This is a, uh, this particular song is being posted as just whatever you feel like donating for it. I would really encourage you to donate on this and to, uh, be generous. This is a really amazing piece that they have done. And you can find that it's only available currently off of the, the Kahanics, Kahanics website. I just put that up in chat. And then when the podcast posts, we'll have it up there as well. So one thing you want to be really attentive of as well with all this craziness going on is how you're preserving the hard earned wealth that you've gained and you want to get your stuff out of as much as you can. I'm not a financial advisor. I don't wear a white coat. I don't play a doctor on TV and none of that. But if it was me, when I do talk about myself, I don't have anything in the market. And I wouldn't have anything in the market unless it was anchored to gold and silver. Patriots, will the lack of red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? More wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer? By diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text BARDS to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit now. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BARDS to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Oh yeah, Birch Gold. Text BARDS to 989898. You won't be disappointed. You know, this is a really crazy time. I, I'm... Um, <laughs> just, this is a good one. 2,500 Australians stripped naked yeah okay yes they did and they did this all together on a beach for a photo shoot now here it comes <laughs> sorry i can't even get through this thing without laughing to raise awareness for skin cancer but the only thing that would raise awareness for is blinders who wants to look at a picture of a bunch of naked butts of 2500 naked butts all in the name of skin cancer Oh yeah, that's working. Like, and then the best part is, if you get a chance, this is this was on Gateway Pundit on November twenty seventh, and I'll tell you the funniest part about all this is 
just the uh, just the comments. <laughs> like the first one up. If people are dying of skin cancer, chances are the UV is too harsh. How is twenty five people exposing themselves to more of that UV raising awareness? And then the other person says, the same reasons protesters glue themselves to paintings while wearing the same polyester plastics they are protesting against. (laughs) This is great. I mean, this is the stupidity in which we're in. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not even going to say that. That's not even right to say I'm sorry because I'm not sorry. I don't even have repentance on this. This is just retarded. Seriously. I mean, 2,500 naked butts on a beach with some dude on a ladder taking a picture of them. And then they do these ridiculous, like they're all like laying on the side with their arm up like they're supposed to be dolphins or something. And this is, I hope they all showered before they and like really cleaned themselves because this could be really gross. It really makes me sick. But hey, what can we say? It's America. No, that's Australia. It might as well be America. About the same thing. So that's uh, one big change in the world. And it's, it's making a big difference, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Did you notice how suddenly the climate has changed? All because of 2,500 butts. You know, I've noticed it because we're getting, I think that must be why we're getting a winter weather warning. Because 2,500 naked butts laid on the beach in Australia and, and all of a sudden the weather changed. That's what happened. Oh, here's another one. Celebrity trainer dies suddenly at 53 in his L.A., in his Los Angeles home. I'm going to take a wild gander on this one. I bet you never guess what I'm going to guess. Yeah, that's that he took the vax. I bet that's not even true. I bet that's just a rumor, as now he's dead. So we have, again, a lot of the nonsense And it's just on and on. And, of course, the biggest thing going out here is the let's go Brandon thing. But anyway, this is all just the normal insanity that we deal with every day in the world. Oh, this is another one just for you, just for tonight before we get warmed up. Zombie virus virus reanimated after 50,000 years in the Siberian permafrost. Yeah, so they found this zombie virus that apparently, like, infects the brain. And they thought it was a good idea to go dig it up, warm it up, and make it alive again. That's, yeah. um, That's a... (laughs) And I checked this, by the way. They actually have a movie on this. They already did a movie. And the movie was about them digging up a polar bear with a zombie virus. It ended up being like a little tick. And it just... it's. Like it gets on people and then it goes into them and it gets over, it takes over their brain, kind of like um, the lizard head stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure this has nothing to do with anything. Oh, my goodness. You know what we need? And seriously, tonight, because I'm, I'm pretty chill tonight and, I, and there's a lot of neat stuff I want to go over. But you know what we need? What we really need is a really beautiful piece of music done by an amazing patriot. And I need you to hear this. This is 5 minutes, 52 seconds. I think this is one of the most beautiful O Come, O Come, Emmanuel compositions I have ever heard. It is Brian Kahenick and Jill Kahenick at what I consider to be their best. Israel 
That was the Kahanics. That's Jill on flute, Brian on guitar, and Brian's voice. I spoke with him today. He's uh, really happy with this piece. It's beautiful. In my opinion, and I know Brian's music well, 
I would say it's probably one of his best ever. He's uh, really done an amazing job on this. This took him quite a while to put together. He was deeply moved. He shared the story, deeply moved by God to do this. I'm going to get them on the show probably well later in December. We're going to be there. And if you guys don't know this, um, because we do have some new folks here, you can, they have an entire Christmas album they did last year. It's just amazing. So I would, and the other thing about all the music that Brian and Jill are doing now is it's all recorded in 432. And I don't know if anybody else is committed to that. And they've even created their own little logo for 432 on their stuff so you can see it. And I know that they've got some interesting things coming up. I, I had a conversation with Brian, and it sounds like he might be heading towards offering a kind of a subscription service this coming year of like new songs every a new song every month and some other stuff he's doing. So really, really good stuff. Pay attention to it. I really want to encourage supporting them. They are an amazingly talented group, and we don't come across, unfortunately, there just isn't enough of the depth of talent and passion that Jill and Brian have in the overall Patriot music or movement. And I'm going to tell you, we need great music. It's really a sad thing that we've, we just don't have people that are committed so deeply to the music and the frequency 432 and really trying to resurrect that healing component in music, which is deeply spiritual. And so anyway, I would really encourage supporting them. They're a great couple. And this is, uh, is they're just, you know, what I'm going to say, great people. So anyway, it's been great to reconnect with Brian. They, they, they moved up to Montana, and they've been very consumed with that, and I'm just really happy for them. And so uh, we'll play it again after the show tonight so you can hear it again. And then again, I put the link up, and I'll put it up um, underneath the podcast tonight so you can find it and you can go there. Patriots, tomorrow we're going to have, um, I'm sorry, Thursday, we're going to have Coey Griffin on, who was, he's Cowboys for Trump. But I wanted to go over something tonight, and this is kind of where I was just kind of laying back and just kind of, we had some intense few days here talking about children. And that's, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of give you a heads up on that because it's not a topic I'm going to let go of. This is something that we're not bringing enough attention to in the Patriot movement. And I'm going to be very honest, it's, it's personally frustrating to me to witness how easy it is to get this alternative media wrapped around the axle on politics and how hard it is to get this conservative media, alternative media focused singularly on a one of the most important topics in the existence of humanity, which is this, this abuse, sacrifice, trafficking of children. The collective resources of the Patriot movement and the talent that's out there to research had we put our efforts into that for the last three years. And I, I'm there's every channel's trying to cover a lot of topics. I'm included. I will say I've tried to keep the children topic rolling regularly. And I'm on this kind of push again to really get it out in the front. But we need to get more and more people focusing on it because the thing is that collectively if we were sharing the resources and information with as much effort was as people put into the Q stuff and the decodes of President Trump's speech that was a dead cat bounce and the theories about how the White Hats are going to take over and rule the world and save us all from the pits of hell and how, you know, all these other things, how JFK Jr. is going to come back. I mean, this sort of stuff gets under my skin because it's an absolute intangible and has zero net effect on anything other than to create dialogue, traffic on sites. And ultimately a lot of these people are doing that specifically to drive a revenue stream into their pocket. I have no problem with people making money on podcasts. I encourage it. But when you're just dealing with conspiratorial crap, I'm really have an issue with it, especially when we have major issues out here. And the most pressing of those is our children. We could have been ahead of this if we would have had the thousands of, of researchers and eyes on the children over the last couple of years, we would have been at least in a position to elevate up this narrative in an aggressive way and wake people up when something like Balenciaga surfaces. But it's amazing that it's just there. If you, you can just check Telegram, check 
Truth Social, check Gab, and tell me how many regular posts you're finding about Balenciaga, and everything is in plain sight. There's no debating what type of sickness is in that damn company. So this is a sort of issue that we have to reflect on from a moral point of view. And this is just a straight talk here because it speaks very poorly to a movement that's trying to save the world and supposedly save humanity when we can't prioritize one of the most fundamental aspects of saving humanity, which is the children. And instead, it becomes constantly a squirrel and people running, you know, anytime you get something running across the, ta- the, the trail and that's it, you know, and then it's always like, well, it's coming, patriots, it's coming. Here it comes, here it comes. And we've got devolution in play. We've got the White Hats in play. We've got a new docket on the, on the Supreme Court that's going to change the world. Congress is going to get expelled. Trump's going to be reinstalled. And I just, it just goes on and on. And when you really step back at it, and I, and I would, I try to keep a certain tally of like how long I go between talking about children. And if it gets a little long, I'm, that's not good. This is a topic that needs to be on the forefront of everybody's mind. So I made this commitment a while back and I'm reinforcing it now. I mean, this is going to be a big topic and it's going to be a major feature here as we go forward. We have to, because someone has to, we have to get a group mobilized to start really bringing up these topics. I mean, I, I, I struggle with the, when you, I think what really struck me was when the story I told Sunday night and when I'm watching this young girl, two and a half years old, roughly. And the joy, the innocence, the truly godliness in her soul and eyes alive in the world. And you're, you're realizing how fragile that is. And today I did a interview with a man in America and I don't, I do not know when exactly that posts I'll ask him. It was a great interview and we ended with a long discussion about children. And the thing is that I got a chance today for the first time to by virtue of zoom meet Seth's daughter and to meet Seth's wife. And it's a beautiful family. And I think this is something we need to be really starting to look at deeply at ourselves, which is we need to get to know ourselves and know who's around us. But this is a Sunday was another eye opener for me. It's just the way God touches us sometimes. And as I reflect on the time I spent the three and a half years of my life spending in Afghanistan. And I've seen a lot of these sickness horrors of enough of it. Let's put it that way of these despicable people that traffic in kids traffic in, in flesh. And then you come back and really to a large degree, all of us were unconscious if I go back to 2012, a large, most of the population was unconscious to that. And I don't think it really shook us until we started to get into 2016, 2017. And I will always say this, the beginning of Q was very instrumental in helping people shake from their coma and realize how deep and painful and awful this side of America was. We've been built on the foundation of children's bodies and blood. That's a truth. And I I don't, I mean, we have a loving God. And we have a forgiving God to a degree. But I don't know how much this nation, as a nation, is going to be allowed to have grace or mercy as we've allowed this to continue. I think it speaks equally a lot of the problem with so much of the movement, including later Q, which there's just been very little mention of children. And for those that are still clinging on to the book of Q and the worship of Q, because it was very instrumental in the movement, there just isn't enough of it or it hasn't been any of it for a long time. The Anons and the Patriots all have a responsibility. It's a big one. 
and everybody likes to jump into their little niche and be a specialist here or be known for this. This isn't about our egos. This is about innocent life. It's getting swept up by big, powerful, evil people. The other day I came across a video literally showing, I don't know who recorded it, but it was real, the torture of young children. And it was really difficult to watch. A young boy had been strapped up with a rope around his neck as he was whipped, and a young girl was being thrown against the wall. That's just a touch of the horrors that's going on. This is the sort of gut-wrenching things that as a country, we either as a people come together and start saying enough is enough at any cost, or we just might as well throw in the towel and let these tyrants take over. Because there's not going to be much left if they continue to screw up the kids. Because we're fighting for a future which we're not going to live long enough to appreciate if we don't value what they are and start nurturing them up. I want to read something here tonight. It's called the Cowboy, called the Code of the West, also known as the Cowboy's Creed. It's simple, but I think it's a good reminder to the walk we all need to be present with. Live each day with courage. And each one of these has a quote that follows. Live each day with courage. A man wanting in courage would be as much out of place in a cow camp as a fish on dry land. Indeed, the life he is daily compelled to lead calls for the existence of the highest degree of cool, calculating courage. That comes from the Texas Livestock Journal, 1882. Real courage is being scared of, scared to death and saddling up anyway. Take pride in your work. The cowboy is often portrayed as being under unlettered and unskilled, a common laborer in spurs. In the cowboy's own mind, he was no mere workhand, but a cavalier, a knight of the plains sitting tall in the saddle. Cowboy Ethics by James P. Owen is where that comes from in 2004. Cowboying doesn't build character, it reveals it. Always finish what you start. No cowboy ever quit while his life was hardest and his duties were most exacting. That's J. Frank Doby in a, a Vaquerero of the Brush Country, 1929. When you are riding through, the, through hell, keep riding. Do what has to be done. Whenever there is trouble, we'll depend on ourselves. We'll take care of it. When it comes, not after it is too late. James Will wrote that in The American Cowboy, 1942. The true test of a man's honor was how much he would risk to keep it intact. Be tough, but fair. I won't be wronged. I won't be insulted. I won't be laid a hand on. I don't do these things to other people, and I require the same from them. John Wayne, in his last film, The Shootist, 1976, the golden rule was nothing less than a key to survival. When you make a promise, keep it. A man is only as good as his word. Ride for the brand. They were intensely loyal to the outfit they were working for and would fight to the death for it. They would follow their wagon boss through hell and never complain. Teddy Blue Abbott in We Point Them North, 1939. The cowboy's greatest devotion was his calling and his way of life. Talk less and say more. When there is nothing more to say, don't be saying it. Remember that some things aren't for sale. To the cowboy, the best things in life aren't things. Finally, know where to draw the line. Good fences make good neighbors, wrote the New England poet Robert Frost. But out west, people looked at things differently. 
On the open range, the boundaries people needed to get along were set by the shared standards of right and wrong. Those boundaries were as good as fences because everyone knew, everyone knew where they were. There's right and there's wrong and nothing in between. One of the biggest problems we face in the modern culture is understanding that there are things that are defined. They're precise. There's not a squishy in between. And we have to get back to that. There has to be a definitive understanding that there is a right and there is a wrong. I think we've been, we can give the collective culture a monicum of grace or at least temperance. Maybe the better word is mercy. Because this hit everybody so fast between the vax and the perverts taking over. And that's kind of the Blitzkrieg technique that they used. And I understand that. And I think it's taken us all a, a bit to gain our perspective, to understand the depths and depravity of this enemy that we face and how they are willing to do literally everything, anything to win. And we're still seeing people waking up from that. But you know, if you really want to take a step back for a minute and reflect on our nation, there's something we don't talk about very much, but it all ties back to this and the children. To this, when I say this, the cowboy, this bit here of the cowboy code, cowboy's creed. Our nation was founded on strong pulpits, pulpits that were bold, pastors that were unbelievably courageous. They knew that the things that they did, like calling out the king for tyranny or tre- or even treason against the people, was was itself a treasonous act. They faced death just by saying it, and some died. There were there were towns that were burned down or small communities that were burned down by the British. The Hessians were worse. And there was patriots that were stuffed away like on January with our January six gulag prisoners. They're stuck on British boats off their coast where they were left with little food, lots of disease, and let to rot and die under deck. It's a war in the the colonial war was brutal. And our country suffered immensely. But to get to that point, there were years of the pulpits being strong and waking people up. And we don't have that much anymore. The pulpit and I, I will say this, I mean, God's led and you followed and we've all come together here and we've found a, a place to share a common voice and God and hear God's word here in what I consider to be a more traditional American pulpit where we speak truths and we say them unabashedly. And if it offends, if it's within the realm of God, then get to know God. That's all I'll have to say. But we just don't have the strength in our pulpits in this nation. I mean, imagine if all of these school boards, they were masking up kids and pushing up perverted material. Imagine if we actually had pulpits across the nation that sat and stood before their congregations and said, look, there's a school board meeting on Wednesday. I expect to see everybody there. You don't have to agree or disagree with their position, but you all have to go and pray. That's the requirement of the church. Imagine that. That would be kind of like a bold pastor, not giving people an option, but instructing them of what has to happen in the name of God. We've gone to this really squishy place. Everybody somehow is afraid to say, like, you need to, we need to do this. We need to take a stand. What I've seen, and I, I take, and I say this with a great compliment, because I, and I do say this not too infrequently, and I think it's one of the things that gives me personally a lot of motivation, is as I've come to know more people within Bard's Nation, and I come to understand more of all that what people are doing, I'm going to tell you that this is a very unique community. 
It's one that's taken its commitment to doing things, getting your hands dirty, literally works in faith very seriously. Unfortunately, that's not shared by the amount of communities that are out there. There's others like it, but the balance, the combination of faith, work, and knowledge is not something that is common. It's unfortunately more rare. There's plenty of faith. And there's plenty of stuff going on out there about work, like prepping and things like that, or gun skills, or archery skills, or hunting skills, or organizing skills, whatever, cooking skills. But to bring it all together collectively, one only needs to go to the Bards FM family room and just see for a day the sort of things that are posted. And the range of topics is impressive, and it speaks a great deal to the community that's here and what we're standing for. And to me, when I see that, I see a, a belief and a humility in the, in the Almighty God, in our Father. Because we understand in this community that it is up to us to do the hard work. He'll be with us, but we have to get our hands dirty. But as a community, we also have to take on another responsibility. Like we are looking for more, not really, but we have to. Part of that is we're going to have to start bringing other communities and building bridges with them. And with that, we have to also build this awareness around the most central problem that we all have to confront. I don't care who's president when it comes to the kids because it doesn't matter who they are. They're not going to solve that problem. Our military isn't engaged in the problem. They should be, but they're not. Our national guard's not in it. Our police, half of them are I really think that there's way too many police that are probably Masons anyway. That's just one of those things. We the people have the power to do this. Our militias, engaging them in this singular mission. The people, that's who made this nation. That's what this is about. And that When you read like the Cowboys Creed like we just did, it's about people. It's not they weren't looking for someone to solve their problems. And this is another big problem itself within the Patriot movement. And that is that people keep looking to an idol to solve their problems. Oh, it's going to be the marshals that take care of the pedophiles. Oh, it's going to be the FBI. Well, no, it's not going to be the FBI because they're too corrupt. Oh, no, it's not going to be the marshals because their duties and their, they themselves are being a bit corrupted. Oh, it's not, it is going to be DHS. No, it's not going to be DHS. It's going to be the Coast Guard. No, it's not going to be the Coast Guard. Because none of those agencies have the passion collectively that the American Patriot does. It's a sad statement. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. So in that reality, we all have to kind of take a big cup drink of reality once in a while. Our children are part of that reality. They're central to that reality. And I say our children collectively as a nation. I understand we're not talking about trying to jump in the middle and tell a parent how to parent. But we are going to jump in the middle and protect a child. And we have to be in a parent's face that thinks it's a good idea to take them out in and have them mutilated surgically. And we have to discern with what we're seeing. This struck me tonight, and it just, I, I completely have missed this point. We're in a war of deception. And it has struck me tonight that what we may actually be witnessing with some of these children that are getting snipped or groomed, that they've already been that way, meaning that they were raised within these cults, and now we're seeing these as representative of this cult they're actually already in the cult and they're making it sound as though they're new. But you see, that's how they work things because if they can create the perception that this is common, that it's everywhere. That tent transgender trope, troop that traveled into Waco, that same little pedophile event that was sponsored by Tractor Supply, please don't forget that. Well, that was a traveling tr- troop. They've moved around from San Francisco and around, and they arrive, and they arrive with their support teams, and they all make it look like out of nowhere in the community these people crop up. 
This is all part of their psychology to get everybody believing that there's many of them when what they're actually doing is grooming the many to make more of themselves. They're sick people. There's no coexisting with them. And I, I, will, I will draw the line. I have talked for two and a half weeks, almost three weeks, about a forgiving heart. And I mean that. And I'm walking with love. And I mean that. But when it comes to a pedophile, I consider it to be pure evil. And there's no negotiation with pure evil. Not in my world. And I don't think biblically we will find any dispute with that. We have got to get resolved in our hearts of what this fight is. People are looking for an enemy. You've got one. You're looking to be engaged in a fight. You've got one. You're looking to be ready to take up arms if you need to to protect the nation. Start with the children. There's nothing in Bible anywhere that tells you not to do that. There's no conflict morally. There's no conflict spiritually. This is the line we draw. And it's one that we have to start getting very clear on in our minds and in our actions. If you have any question about where you sit with that, I would encourage you to go find a small child, not like find them, but find a family with a small child. Just spend a half a day, if you haven't had children, watch the child, watch their eyes, listen to their joy. And then I want you to take that experience, and I want you to put in your head and overlay somebody who rapes them, somebody who beats them, somebody who hangs them by their feet and whips them, I want you to think of that child being put into a cage and put into the closet in a darkness where left for days. One of the stories from the satanic cult outside of Yuba City and the way they condition the children there, the babies, the babies they put on an oxygen respirator and they cut open a cow and they gut it and they place the child inside the carcass of a cow for three days. The horrors that are out here are unspeakable. And the resolve we better have is to start pulling our stuff together and getting serious about what this fight is. I can't hardly talk about politics these days. It's such an absolute zoo. It's a bread and circus event that's intended to keep us distracted, suck the money out of you for campaigns, make ad agencies wealthy, pad the line the pockets of politicians, give them a, uh, an opportunity to speak their lies in public, make promises you know they'll never keep, promise you that they're going to save the nation when what they're really after is to get a secure job on the public dole. We're lacking statesmen. The real statesmen exist within the people. Our government is a sewer. It's rancid. And even if you find the occasional good person, they're going up to the ultimate in the devil's den. And we're somehow putting our wing and our hope on that, that they are going to go up there and change the world when they're only one in a sea of demons. And none of these people have the strength of the apostles, let alone Jesus. We have to start putting back that priority in our communities. And that community priority has to go back to the children. We begin tonight with the song by Brian and Jill. And I played it particularly because it's an amazingly beautiful piece that reminds us of the beauty in this world. But while we dine on the beauty of that creation, there are thousands of little ones scared, frightened, begging for help, pleading for not to be beaten again. That's our legacy if we don't fix it. There must be 
a righteousness that rises among this patriot movement. There must be a fire so intense that no, when someone tells you to stand down, be quiet, take your time, your time is up, sit down, you just tell them no. When the sheriff comes up and threatens to arrest you, 500 stand up with you and say, get the hell out of my way. There is no compromising. There is no intimidation. There is nothing that can stand in the way of protecting children. When we gain that ground, we will be on the offensive finally. But until we do, they're mocking us, laughing at us, and enjoying the pleasure that they gain of watching a little one squirm in pain. The joy of the world is given to us in a little package. God sends them down every time someone's born. We should be preserving, protecting, shielding those little ones from everything we can from this evil world. Because they are the hope. They are the light. They are the spark that gives inspiration to greater things. And until we do that, we ourselves are no better than them that are destroying them because we've sat quiet and silence is a vote. This is a heavy burden for us to carry. It's one we've earned. It's one we must repent for. But it's not enough to just get on our knees and repent. This is one of these faith and works issues. I'm going to give you my opinion. You can disagree with it all you want, but I'll never change this. There is no repentance we will ever get for the children until we get off our collective butt and start doing something about it. And if every one of us has to bear a burden of pain afterwards in this, as we face Father God, I will only say we have earned every damn bit of it. It is time for the people to stand up and make a stand that counts on something that is black and white. There is no middle ground on children. And it's clear, you harm the little ones. In my world, you'd be lucky if all you got was a millstone and deposited in the sea. Let's pray. Father, we come to you humbled tonight and asking for mercy and forgiveness for each and every one of us. Because no matter who we are as a nation, we have failed in one of the most important missions we've ever been given to protect the little ones. The collective voice of the Patriot Movement is more interested in the high-hit adrenaline spins of politics and, and theoretical outcomes and in, in injections of hopium than to dig in deep and hard and do the hard work of doing what every one of us must do, no matter what it calls us to do, and no matter where you direct us to go to protect the little ones. Father, I'm praying tonight, and if anyone that joins in this prayer, just hear our collective prayers. Guide us. We're listening. Point us. And whether it's the sword of steel or the sword of spirit you ask us to raise, point us, and we will. Send me. This pain has to stop. This destruction of joy This destruction of innocence must end. And this evil that we face, unless we're shown otherwise, can be given no mercy. This is a Jericho moment. And while we look to you, we ready our hearts to face a Jericho moment. So, Father, wherever you want us to be and go, we're ready. These children must be saved. We need to cast aside all of the conspiracy theories and the 
image, the thoughts of others saving children or whatever is going on. We have no proof. What we do know is that the sickness and the evil in this world continues to taunt and show off its joy in destroying the little ones. That in itself is enough. And so, Father, we ask for the power of the sword. We ask for judgment, and we ask for the direction and right to employ justice with you, with our hands. Guide us in this time. Forgive us for the sins we have done. Give us the voice and the direction to move forward. This is the war we must fight. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask each one of you to take this to prayer. I'm going to ask each one of you to search your heart and ask where you want to be in this fight and how you want to be remembered. And then I want each one of you, I'm asking each one of you to consider what it's going to be like when we stand before Father God for judgment and what we're going to say when it comes to this topic. We have a lot to reflect on because we have a lot to do. And we have to be readied to literally get in that saddle and ride. Live each day with courage. Take pride in your work. Always finish what you start. Do what has to be done. Be tough but fair. When you make a promise, keep it. Ride for the brand. Talk less and say more. Remember that some things aren't for sale. Know where to draw the line. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest depth. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body.
Yeah.